I was faster than I was ready for, guys. Well, hey, welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubbs at the Club, University of Idaho affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. Uh, amateur hour already, dudes. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, joined by Dallas Hammer. He's uh, You guys got to zoom in if you're a live viewer. Uh, Dallas has his Rams hat, his uh, anatomically correct uh, L.A. Rams hat or human anatomically correct L.A. Rams hat. Uh, if you know, you know. Uh, if you don't, well, I suppose you can find out. But anyway, Dallas, now that you are done uh, trying to get us kicked off of YouTube with that inappropriate touch, uh, how's it going, Spokane? That's called the bad touch, Brian. Um, it's good. I woke up early this morning. West Ham, uh, I, I know you're a huge football guy. West Ham got three points they desperately needed to try to stay in the Premier League. And then I topped off my night with watching Idaho basketball. So started the day strong, ended in a nosedive. I'm really glad that I don't have to pretend for back back in the day when we had four co-hosts, I would have to pretend that I was not just doing Twitter searches when you guys talked about soccer. It was only for like two minutes at a time anyway, but two seconds was too much. So I'm glad glad we got that truncated at least. Uh, you can put it that way. But everyone's going to notice producer, seducer Martin Heemstra is not with us, but uh, Martin has kind of a reaction to the women's team, which we're going to, we're going to play that later. He just couldn't be here tonight. So he, uh, he got his thoughts down after the Idaho women lost to NAU on Thursday. And, uh, we can always look for a score update guys. We're recording at 7 24 PM on Saturday. So obviously some stats are going to update while we're recording. So uh, keep that in mind, but Hey, let's just jump into around the bar brought to us by Hughes river expedition. We got four games to talk about, guys. Uh, over since we recorded last, Vandals played played four games. Uh, first one w- was in Cheney, Idaho. Idaho just gets decimated in Cheney, 95-74 Eastern Washington. It was an ugly, ugly game for almost the entire game. Uh, yeah, that that was rough, guys. Um, Devontae Moffitt led Idaho uh, against Eastern with 29 points, going nine to 16. Isaac Jones added 14. Uh, 14 points as well. Uh, Eastern was paced by, uh, I don't have their box score up, so that's that's my bad. Eastern had five guys scored double figures. So there you go. Uh, next game, Idaho rebounds, pulls off a four-point win in Moscow over Montana State, 74-70. Uh, Isaac Jones had, his honestly, his two worst games of the season really have come against Montana State. Jones only scores four this time against Montana State. Uh, Moffitt definitely carried Idaho against Montana State with 32 points, 9-17 from the field. Dominique Ford added his best D1 game against MSU, uh, scores 16 points on 11 shots. We'll probably get to kind of a dumb thing with Zach Kloss and Dom Ford later. Uh, Thursday of this week, Idaho travels to Flagstaff, beats Northern Arizona 88-83, to Isaac Jones has a huge rebound game, scores 30 points on 14 shots, guys. That's incredible, incredible outing. Uh, Moffitt also adds 25 points on 19. And game that just finished, Idaho in Greeley. Usually Northern Colorado's been very good in the last five, six years in Big Sky, but uh, Northern Colorado basketball right now, uh, shockingly, they're struggling. They can score well, but they're, they're struggling. Uh, but anyway, the... The Bears picked up their second big sky win over Idaho. This this was over Idaho today. 73-67 Vandals go down. Um, 
Moffitt scores 26 points for Idaho on 22 shots. Isaac Jones chips in 17 points and seven rebounds. Trey Smith has one of his best D1 nights as a Vandal, scoring 11 points on four or six shooting. Uh, but Idaho just, they had absolutely no answer for the duo of Dalton Connect, 34 points on 21 shots. Uh, he, he's, he's a post. He's a, a four for Northern Colorado. And then point guard Dalen Coons, 21 points on 17 shots, got to the hole. Uh, kind of at will. So look, we're going to, this is going to be kind of a batch takeaway. Uh, Vandals now on the season sit at eight and 13 overall, six and 13 versus D one teams, two and six in big sky conference play. So uh, Dallas question for you. Uh, I guess the first takeaways, we typically, typically lead with what's going well, uh, but to, man, I'm just gonna throw you the wheel. What's going well for Idaho or go ever, go wherever you want. I'm not going to necessarily jump right into things are going well. I'm going to go with Idaho went two and two over the, these last four games. It's probably the highlight of the big sky conference season. Uh, just having watched this team play, they're doing the exact same thing that they have been doing all season long. It just so happened that they caught Montana state on the worst shooting night that they're going to have probably all season. And then they followed it up with NAU who might be the worst team in the conference. And then Northern Carolina, uh, Northern Carolina, Northern Colorado with a another game that Idaho realistically could have won. Um, I will say the back of some of that was was off of Devonte Moffitt. He's one of the most used players in in the Big Sky, much less the country at this point. Uh, and he had the the week of his career. Honestly, he was getting to the hoop, penetrating very well. He, I mean, he got to the free throw line twenty three times uh, against. Um, uh shit i just had it sorry uh montana state sorry Oof, words are i'm apparently struggling tonight Devonte moffitt got to the free throw line 23 times against montana state that, that's that's what happened he had 17 shots and then 23 shots from the free throw line and he's converting at this moment he's converting at a at 50 or above and that's why idaho is winning games when moffitt is is on fire i don't think it's particularly great basketball to watch but it it's kind of working. I mean, they, yeah, slugfest against Northern Colorado, who's not good, slugfest against NAU, who's worse. And then, yeah, I mean, credit to them beating Montana State. That's probably going to end up being one of the better wins of the whole season. But that's what's going good for me right now. Brian Devontae Moffitt is shooting pretty well. I've also liked uh, Dominique Ford getting a couple more minutes here and there. I think he looks a little bit better than some of the guard play we've been seeing. But that's, that's about my my list of strengths and, and good points for Idaho at the moment. I mean, so you're right. Look, we're Devonte Moffitt's kind of a weird guy to talk about for me, uh, because look, this, this Idaho team's not good that like the jury's in Look, already covered that team has six D one wins. But if you, if you look at, I'm, and I'm only going to talk about D one wins because I just don't care about Idaho being able to beat D two teams. That's cool. In D1 play, Idaho is three and five at home, three and eight on the road. That we're going to talk about individual players, but this that's a pretty big sample size. And Idaho, I mean, we're 21 games into the season, and Idaho still has fewer D1 wins than the football team had in 2022. So hey, that's where we're at. Um, Isaac Jones continues to be a very good, very good big sky post. Um, look, we we might have gone a little bit too far when we talked last time saying like one of the best players to ever play at Idaho. Like maybe that's too far. I don't know. He had a couple of rough games. 
uh, particularly against Montana State. But I want to jump in here real quick, Brian. I want a caveat because I'm the person who said this. That's with the caveat of assuming what he could do under a coach that knew what the fuck he was doing. Thank you. Thank you. I'm only, yeah, sorry, only bringing that up just as a, I don't know, maybe you went too far. I don't know. I love watching Isaac Jones play. And like against NAU, the dude was unstoppable. I, I'm floored that Jones is not getting more touches on this team than he is. Because, uh, like, we'll, we'll get, obviously, we're going to have to get to the second half of Moffitt later. Because uh, Moffitt has put up some pretty good box scores. He certainly carried Idaho to that win against Montana State. Moffitt was maddening to watch against Northern Colorado. Like he he just does not pass the ball enough. That's it. And I and and Zach Kloss is fine with that. Moffitt's usage on the season right now, according to Ken Palm, his the amount of the amount of percent the percent of possessions Moffitt finishes is fourth highest in the nation at 33.2% of all of Idaho Idaho's possessions. And a lot of those possessions, other people don't touch the ball. And I've said this on Twitter a few times. If Moffitt is going to be the number one option on this team, and Zach Loss is clearly making Devontae Moffitt the number one option, which I think is a catastrophic mistake, which, again, is not to say Moffitt's not good because he has cer- he certainly has some things he does well, and he is cer- he's carried Idaho to a couple of the wins that the Vandals have. Montana State's the big one to me. But he Moffitt, too many times he just holds on the ball for a long time during the possession. I look, there was one run where three out of four consecutive possessions and look, he made the shots, but three out of four consecutive possessions, he dribbles around for between 15 and 18 seconds without passing a single time. And then he takes the shot. It's, it's just way, it's just way too much for any team to be close to. Okay. And especially when you have a guy like Isaac Jones on the team, every team in the big sky would kill to have Isaac Jones, but circling back to the main point, if Moffitt's going to be your number one option with the way he plays and his reluctance to pass until he has no other choice, he has to shoot over 60% or it just isn't going to work for Idaho. It's for two reasons. One, Moffitt did get to the free throw line a lot against Montana State, but a lot of games he actually doesn't shoot that many free throws. He get He's very effective at getting towards the rim. He's a very skilled player. I honestly think he might be like the best three-on-three player in the history of three-on-three basketball if he were in like a pro three-on-three league because he has moves around the hoop. He has touch around he has touch around the hoop, but because he is so reluctant to pass the ball, if he's not hitting 60%, all of Idaho's other guys are getting out of rhythm. All of other Idaho's other guys, we've seen it at different points throughout the season, whether it's Rashad Smith at some point, whether it's... Um, Trey Smith at some point, Yusuf Sali at some point, Nigel Burris did it late in the game. When guys aren't getting touches and getting shots, they get out of rhythm, and then they're going to force a couple possessions, which means when Moffitt's dominating the ball like that, Idaho's not, other guys are not going to be playing at their best. So he has to be at 60%, uh, which is virtually impossible to do. He's done done it in a couple games, credit to Moffitt for the times he did. But this is, to me, is a strategic thing for Idaho basketball is, there just isn't enough of an actual offense when Moffitt's the focal point. And Zach Claus is obviously okay with that being what Idaho does in the, the first half against Northern Colorado. Moffitt picked up his second foul. Zach Claus pulled Moffitt, which was the right call. Anyway, he missed about four shots in the row, had three turnovers, no assists. Idaho immediately started going into Jones first. He got a few touches closer to the basket, but also the ball worked around to other guys. That's when you saw, you saw Trey Smith hit a couple shots in that run. Uh, you saw Yusuf Sali hit, hit a couple, at least get a couple of good looks in that run. And that, that's just one of the, I guess the things that I'm going to go back and forth on these four games of look, Idaho looked like shit in Eastern. The, the, there's 
Idaho was outclassed in Cheney at the end. Uh, the two wins were nice, uh, but I'm with you. I I'm honestly don't understand why Danny Sprinkle for the Montana State game, and I don't understand why Steve Smiley for the Northern Colorado game when Moffitt's dominating possessions like he does. And he played great against Montana State, but I don't, I don't understand why Big Sky coaches don't sink because he he is a he is a very reluctant passer, and um, you can definitely get the guy to force shots up. But if teams aren't going to do that, there will be nights where Moffitt shooting uh, shooting as much as he does, using possessions like he does, are going to get Idaho wins. I don't think that's generalizable into next year whatsoever. And of course, Dallas, which maybe pivot lets you pivot elsewhere if you want. Um, defensively, this, this Idaho team is just not getting better. They got killed on the boards uh, tonight against Northern Colorado, and Northern Colorado is a pretty bad rebounding team. Uh, and there you go. So, Brian, something I want to acknowledge because you you mentioned Devontae Moffitt and the usage numbers being so ridiculously high. Moffitt had 22 shots tonight, and then he got to the free throw line one time. Well, I mean, two times, but one time, two shots. He took 22 shots, and he missed nine minutes of the first half. After he he got that second foul, he did not play for nine minutes. In those nine minutes, Idaho scored 10 total points. So, yes, the ball moved around a little bit, bit better, but it's very clear when watching this team, the only offense here, and Zach Kloss is fine with it, give Moffitt the ball, let him run around like he's playing rec league or street ball or 2K, whatever like whatever non, non-fundamental basketball you want to call it, it's just he again he he runs a couple pick and rolls with with Jones and then he'll just dribble it out until the clock is gone and, and chuck up a shot. Getting 22 shots when not a single person else on the team had 10. Moffat was the only guy tonight with double digit shots and he he sat for a fourth of the game because of his foul trouble. It's it's disgusting basketball to watch. Like uh, now to Moffat's credit, there are times when he I mean he, again, he was 12 for 22 tonight the turnover to assist ratio is just is not good at all. But as a pure penetrating score, he's not terrible at it. He's actually pretty good at it. I don't yeah. love watching it, but he's pretty good at it. But it's just, and here's here's Todd in the comments. I struggle to watch it. Reminds me of rec center basketball. Like it, it is. I, I, to be honest, guys, I hate watching this team. I, I only do this because I don't want Brian to run these solo. I hate watching this team. This is not fun to watch. I watched Loyola Marymount Gonzaga and. Not that I'm trying to compare Idaho to Gonzaga. That's, again, comparing the top 15 team in the country to a bottom 25 team in the country. But there's movement. There's there, there's spacing. There's there's like basic principles of basketball that just aren't being followed here. There was a, a point. I, I made a note of it. There were three players within five feet of each other. Multiple possessions in the first half where guys are just standing there. Because Moffitt is just dribbling the ball out. I don't I don't understand. I know that there are a few class defenders because they came out when back-to-back wins. Oh my god, we gotta give the guy a lifetime contract. Like, how do you watch this and think anything but this is terrible basketball? Absolutely terrible basketball. The guy's been a coach here for almost 10 years at this point. How are you not running some sort of offense? Your offense is to just give the point guard the ball and let him dribble out, you know. Mikey Dixon did the same thing last year. He would very, was very ball dominant. If he wasn't in control, Trevante Anderson took it. There's a, there's a world where guard dominant play works. If you watch regular season NBA game, that's honestly, that's a lot of what it is. No defense and, and ball dominant play, but it, it's not working. Like what, at what point do you have to realize going to NAU 
and taking photos in their locker room like you have just knocked off Gonzaga? At what point does that become? You know what? Maybe this isn't the standard we want for this program. Maybe we shouldn't be celebrating the fact that we beat another team that's going to win 10 games or less all year long. Maybe we shouldn't be celebrating that win like it's this giant success for this program. Brian, I'm just, I'm fucking sick of this shit. I'm sick of watching Zach Kloss and the way that this team is run. I mean, I don't have any any defense here, man. Um, Only, sorry, gotta get a drink, man. That's fine, Brian. I will keep. I will continue ranting here because if we go back to the Eastern game, when you watch a coach that actually knows what the hell he's doing, like like David Riley, who that's the exact opposite of Zach Kloss. You know, the lowest guy on the bench ended up getting promoted because all the other guys left. They all left for a better job. Uh, I would definitely say Portland is a better job than Eastern, but you watch David Riley's team, and going back to that Eastern game, Brian, it was just it was. It was sad. It was sad to watch. They came out for the second half, realized all they needed to do was kick up an extra screen or two, and they were going to have multiple wide-open shooters every single possession because Idaho defensively just stands around. So you have, uh, like Colin Hughes, our one of our two favorite sponsors, saying NBA ISO dribble drive is exactly what Klaus believes in. It's insane. If you're watching that on the offensive side, it's not working. Then you go back to the defensive end, and you're just standing around. So a well-coached, good team like Eastern realizes, throw a couple extra screens in there. We're going to have open shooters the entire game. And most teams are picking that up. It's just that Montana and NAU shot very poorly. If a team shoots even an average night against Idaho, most of the time Idaho's not even got a chance at this point. Brian, I, I don't know. I don't know where where would you like to go with this, Brian? All I have are negatives. I fucking hate watching this team. Well, now that I can speak, sorry, guys. That was an ugly couple seconds when I thought it was collapsing. Um only thing I have to add is is Dallas. When you say guard dominant, what you mean is night early two thousands, late nineteen nineties isolation style guard basketball. Because the Big Sky is a guard centric league, based off or a, at least a perimeter centric league, based off the talent teams are going to get. Look, Eastern Washington is an East. They have a, a solid post score and Ethan Price, but they're they're a perimeter team. They always have been. It's this version of it is is indefensible. And I mean, look at. Look, this most recent game for Northern Colorado against Northern Colorado. How many times is Isaac Jones only even getting his touches around the three point line anyway? And credit to Jones, he is putting the ball on the floor to at least get shot attempts up. But look, Northern Colorado is a bad big sky defensive team. Idaho is just not running stuff to get a guy like Jones touches. And look, Idaho even did run stuff earlier in the year, talked about it multiple times. A lot of times it was using Jones to set back screens in the key, which creates creates some confusion. If teams switch, then Jones you, Jones uses the mismatch. If teams don't, it buys him a second to get better position down low. But look, Idaho's fine with the keys. The keys this team being given to Moffitt. And we hate, like, I hate feeling like I'm isolating a player because that's not what we talk about. Like, this is a coaching decision. Kloss is fine with the team being run this way. And it honestly feels like he's trying to just inch towards whatever win threshold is going to be good enough because this won't be generalizable into the next seasons. I mean, look, if Isaac Jones stays, that's generalizable. But Moffitt is like 35% of offensive possessions. He's going to be here for a year, guys, which doesn't mean he can't get good touches, but it's just indefensible that we have a night like, a night like honestly, this one 
where Moffitt shoots 22 times and Jones shoots nine. Uh, Jones got to the foul line, uh, took 11 free throws. So look, divide that by two, caught five more shots. Uh, that means Jones got 14 attempts, but that's it. That same math, Moffitt would have had 23 attempts. So to me, that's just an again, indefensible ratio. This is Moffitt in seven minutes less of action than Isaac Jones had. Yeah, exactly. It, it you can see, you know, I talked, I was watching the game with my older brother, and this Idaho team would just not be fun. It is would be a miserable team to play for if you're any of the other guys. I mean, look, look I want to jump back to a thing I, I alluded to earlier, Dallas, which is against um against Montana State, that was against Montana State, Devon, Dominic Ford, transfer from College of Southern Nevada Junior College, so, sophomore, had his best D1 game, scored 16 points on 11 shots. He's a guy who clearly, he looks like he could be a solid Big Sky player. He looks like he's got some comfort stuff to work out that you'd expect some underclassmen to have for sure. But look, a lot of games, he's out there and gets virtually no touches. Then... In after his best game, Moffitt got hit. So not Moffitt. Uh, Ford got hit in the face twice against Montana State. He also got hit in the face against, against Eastern. So for a few games, his face was just a magnet. And apparently, this was in a post game presser. Zach Kloss was upset because Moffitt, my God, Lord Ford, uh, told Kloss he could see better than he actually could. After the best win of the season. Zach Kloss spent time in the post-game presser to bitch, and yes, I'm using that word purposely, to bitch about Dominic Ford not being 100% truthful about his vision after getting hit. When anyone who has ever played sports at any level knows, one, there's a ton of coaches growing up where if you don't play hurt, there's a lot of terms that we have for that coaches have for those players. None of them are positive. None of them are ones that players are going to sign up for separately the narrative there's always a, a narrative in athletics about guys who play through injuries and how they're so damn tough so you know that's an internalized part for most athletes and you know a dude if you ask him if he can play if he can see or something like that is very likely gonna give you the answer lets him stay on the floor well zach Kloss bitches to chris king about after dom ford's best game on something that could have been taken care of in-house quite easily uh takes time to tell that to talk, talk about instead of the win how Dom Ford needs to learn how to be honest. Dumb, absolutely dumbest thing. And look, we've seen Zach Kloss throw players under the bus. We saw that in the preseason press conference when he threw the roster he recruited under the bus when he told Pete Harriman, yeah, last year it was players. It wasn't scheme. It was players. Here we have it after a win. I have no idea how there's any loyalty to that dude in the locker room whatsoever. And again, like there's in terms of the Vandal fan base, like the loyalty to Zach Kloss is maybe a couple dudes he recruited Terry Golick and then probably Zach Kloss's family, but Dom Ford gets rewarded his best, best game D one play against Montana state. Then against Northern Arizona, dude sees 15 minutes and gets no shot attempts up whatsoever. So Sweet, great way to reward Dom Ford's best game in the best game of the season. This team need if this team is developing talent, we need underclassmen to be getting meaningful touches. And with Moffitt on the floor, there's not a lot of touches to go around. And then look, just to compound it because I don't want to sound like I'm ragging only on Moffitt, and this isn't ragging. Isaac Jones does get a good amount of touches because he should. But between those two guys, there's not that many touches left for the rest of the team. So look, there's clearly nothing being built. In this at this program for next year, there's still 
They still, this Vandal basketball team still has fewer D1 wins than the football team had, except for 21 games into the season. So look, a loss at, a loss at Northern Colorado, a bad Northern Colorado team. I mean, look, were you shocked at all, Dallas? I mean, I actually was shocked that Brian, I did not drop that, the NAU game. I have a really fun stat for you. I, I am really fun, like, because it shows that Zach Kloss is a moron. Dominique Ford has his best game of the season against Montana State. Without looking at the stats, how many shots has Dominique Ford taken since the Montana State game? In three games, he has taken two shots. He has made both of those shots. They're both three-pointers. He has taken two shots in three games since his best game of the season. What In what world does this Wait. make any sense? No, the, the, sorry, I got to Dude, I got to fact check you, man. So Montana State was who Idaho, that was his best game. Yep. Idaho's played two games since then. Sorry. He's yep. taken one go. shot in two games since his best game. Yes. I duplicated the tabs. Sorry. Well, he has taken one shot in the two games since his best game. In in 32 minutes on the floor, he has taken one shot. In like there's like you can like the guy all you want, whatever. I'm not going to agree with you on saying Zach Kloss is a nice guy. If if you think that more power to you, but there is no, there is no debating this. You have a guy go put out his best game of the season. And in a, you haven't, I mean, no offense to the rest of the players on this team. You have not found an, a solid other guard to put out there next to Moffitt. I don't know what's happened to Rashad Smith. He lost his shot. Trey Smith found his tonight, which was nice to see. Yusuf Sali has a couple nights where he'll he'll shoot the lights out and then he'll just airball a couple shots and, and just look like he hasn't held a basketball before. They're guys that are just streaky. I know that Ford must be streaky as well because we didn't see him much of the first half of the season, but he goes six for six of eleven, four from seven from beyond the arc. And then you give him one shot in the next two games. Like it, especially in the wake of bitching about the guy wanting to play more lying to you so he can play more in the wake of you complaining about that publicly rather than handling it like an adult would have you know internally in the team if you had any sort of leadership skills you go out and trot the guy out for for one shot it feels like you have a vendetta against the kid now yeah and, and something that brain dead if this was a football team look we, we know there's been disciplinary stuff with the football team chase the neck takes care of it in private because that's what most coaches mm -hmm. do. And for something as mild as saying, like, I should, I wanted to be out on the, for wanting to be out on the floor and then saying you were less injured than you were. Again, so how many, how many athletes have done that? And it's not a big deal. Or second, how many athletes that don't want to play then get branded as soft or, uh, hey, we have some sponsors we're working with. So a couple, there's a little language going to clean up. But uh, how many guys that they won't play when they have a little bit of an injury are branded as uh, a certain uh, part of the female anatomy? Like, obviously, a dude who wants to play is not gonna is not gonna say, "Yeah, dude, take me out." Uh, yeah, I'm not ready to play. Please don't. Please, in my best game of the season, please take me out. <sighs> Those elbows, man. But, which, dude, this other thing I want to hit on though, because we're talking about like one of the things I was talking about is like, hey, what is this team developing? In the NAU game, one of the things that, that I thought was huge for Idaho and why they held on, and again, NAU sucks, but Idaho got to win. Yusuf Sali and Nigel Burris shot a combined 8 of 12 in that game. They got some open looks. They So that was 26 points. Those two scored combined on 12 combined shots. 
Idaho needs to be getting guys more, a few more attempts or some guys reliably a few more attempts. If we're going to develop anything, it's like, Hey, I just brought up Burris as one of those guys, right? Well, then against Northern Colorado, Burris gets three total shots. He was our leading rebounder with nine rebounds, but a guy, a guy who has a freshman's averaging nine points a game, got three total shots throughout the game. It's, it's, how are you supposed to become comfortable with your role? How are you supposed to expand your role? If one, we have the four guys stand around and Moffitt does something offense or well, two, and then like your, your opportunities are so there's such long swaths. Sorry, dude, to cut you off. There's such long swaths in between your opportunities, man. You're going to get cold. That's why I even brought up. If Moffitt's going to shoot that much, it's got to be 60% because other guys are going to get, they're going to get when they're frozen out. If you've ever played basketball, you know, this, you lose your rhythm. You start to force things you shouldn't force. You start to make mistakes because you, you haven't touched the ball forever. Or you just completely zone out. You get the ball. Then you look for the next guy to kick it to, and that's it. So the other thing with, with Burgess and Solly, I want or Burgess, Burris and Solly, I want to point out. So Solly, unfortunately, streaky night tonight, 0 for 4 from beyond the arc, 2 for 7. So that's where the two of them combined for four total points. Burris gets three shots. And then in the 27 minutes he played, he was matched up against Dalton Connect most of the time. Dalton Connect played the entire game, all 40 minutes, shot 66% from the field, 14 to 21, three for seven from three, and then three for five at the line. Uh, tagged in seven rebounds as well. And Connect was matched up on Burris the whole game. Got Burris got no help because, again, there's no actual defense going on. Every once in a while, they break out into like a pseudo zone that they're kind of helping each other but for the most part they're just matching up man on man and kind of standing there and northern colorado was well coached enough to realize hey connect is better than burris like no shot at burris like that happens like jones has to get double teamed most of the time because teams understand isaac jones is better than just about anybody else in this conference dalton connect very good player matched him up against a matchup that they obviously felt very strong about and Kloss doesn't do anything to help. There was no, there was nothing being done with Connect for most of that game. No, dude, that's that's how Idaho's been the whole time with Kloss. Like what you're saying is, look, every single team, and like some some fans might know this, some fans not, might not. So if you know this, just sit tight. Teams in basketball, it's kind of like football. They have principles within their defense that even if it's man man to man, there's help principles there's rotational principles that different teams practice like when when don verlins was here like it or not idaho ran the pack line defense the goal was to force what the the goal was to keep teams out of the middle that was just that was just what they did pat the pack line was a, is a kind of literal term about where your rotations are going to be which is to pack the middle Zach Kloss, truly, this looks like high school health defense. We're like, hey, if, if your man gets beaten, so the next closest guy is just suppo- is supposed to kind of come over. Which is to say, there was virtually nothing there. And look, Northern Colorado knew that. So you're look, you brought up Dalton Connect, who again, no help, while Connect was dis- was just destroying Idaho. Well, Dalen Coots annihilated Idaho too. And again, there, there's just no help help principles. You brought up you brought it up. Uh, other teams having it too. Dallas against Eastern. We you know talked about Isaac Jones had a rougher game then. Eastern was triple teaming Jones in the second half, and it wasn't three guys standing on him. It was when Jones started to go right, they'd collapse two defenders to try to force a turnover again to force a shot. Again, Jones was getting no touches in the first half, so of course he forced a few shots. And there you go. But Idaho doesn't have any any sort of thing like that. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. We 
we're going to record in another week. Idaho's got a couple more games. The the schedule coming up, uh, we've got at home on Thursday, January 26th against Weber State, and then at home on Saturday, January 28th against Idaho State. Uh, before we we transition out, man, any any last points? Not anything that would be productive to this conversation, and. I'm trying to do better about my profanity because of our sponsors. I know our sponsors right now don't care, but I'm trying to do better about not just saying, I think that the head coach is a fucking moron, um, which I just said, that's, that's the only point I've got here. There's no hope for this team. This is never going to improve. The absolute best this team is ever going to get is maybe 500. If Zach Kloss can find four more guys at Isaac Jones's level of talent and get them onto the team for next year. I could see them going 500, just bullying people with their talent. But as far as coaching, this team is never going to win multiple games in the Big Sky Tournament, maybe not even one What with Zach Kloss here. It's just not going to happen. Isn't, There's no and, fun and, here. Dude, it's just devastating, too, because Idaho has de facto home court advantage in the Big Sky Conference Tournament. Exactly. And the Vandals still have zero wins in the Big Sky Conference Tournament while playing de facto home games. But they look, they don't even get that many people to show up because the team has sucked so much. So, like, why would you plan? I look in the email I sent Terry Gollick at the end of last season. I said, "Look, I'm not going to plan my. I'm I'm not going to devote like my weekends to to this team. I'm not going to plan. I'm not going to plan my weekends, my time around going to see a Zach Claus coach team. And honestly, for the people who do, great. ICCU is a kick-ass place. So you don't have to have that many people for a great environment. But Look, we just lived through this in football, man. If you have the wrong guy, just cut the ripcord. The end. If you're still in on Zach Kloss, you're hopeless. That's it. Yeah, that dude, you've never been given the job. You should have been fired a long time ago, but here we are. Uh, so we get to talk about this again. But look, we're going to shift out. We have Martin, producer, seducer so, Martin. Brian, before we get to, to producer, seducer Martin, this whole time we've been talking about a bunch of shit that's not fun. But do you know what is fun? I think you're going to say Hughes River Expedition is fun. I am going to say Hughes River Expeditions is fun. If you are looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, do not look past your backyard. It's a lot more fun than watching Idaho Vandal basketball. I promise you. Hughes River Expeditions has been Vandal-owned and operated since 1976, and they're ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. You can even check out special trips like one to see the Persed Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches, or bitches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. Just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now, 800-262-1882, or check them out at HughesRiver.com. And with Hughes River, just got to stress this, man. If you're like, if you're a business and you're trying to build and you want to schedule like a group, a group rafting trip that works. If you're just a family and, and a few people, you don't have to, you don't have to have the full crew contact Hughes River to schedule with you. So small groups, cool. Large groups, cool. Just call them. Other sponsor, Nick Davis makes kick-ass metal work. This one just came in the mail for me. He also did a Tubbs of the Club King Spud. That's an original. Uh, if you uh, go through Tubbs of the Club, these things are 85 bucks. So, uh, Message Tubs the Club on Twitter or at Gmail, Tubs the Club at gmail.com, or get in touch with Nick Davis directly. Does the best, best metal work. I, honestly, the best stuff you can put on your walls 
for that are Vandal related. It's all done by Nick Davis. He makes it, he raises a ton, ton of money for the Vandal scholarship fund with the stuff he makes at the gala. Uh, yeah. Just support Nick Davis, by the way, Nick Davis better be getting some perks uh, from the, uh, from the admin for all that stuff, but whatever, man, I sure hope so. My goodness. I hope so. Nick, keep on ke- keeping on man. Colin, thank you for your sponsorship as well. We love the both of you, Brian. I will give you the floor back to introduce Martin's magic minutes that we, and I ha- honestly, dudes, I have not listened to this. So Martin did a recording, had to do with the women's team. Women's team is uh, look, this is, this is a down year for the women's team right now. Uh, they are, they're sitting at six and 13 overall six game losing streak right now. Like some of the games have been close, but like tonight uh, Vandal women go down 63, 58 against Northern Colorado. Um, it's just been a different. It's been a rough year for on the women's side too. Martin had uh, some stuff he wanted to get off his chest after the last game. He's a hardcore women's team supporter. We're a hardcore women's supporter as well. It's just they have, like the games play at the same time, guys. So it's hard to watch both. But uh, without further ado, here is producer seducer Martin Heemstra. It's Martin's magic minutes. I do want to remind everybody this was recorded before the North Carolina North Carolina. God damn it, Dallas, the Northern Colorado Idaho game that was. Airing while Brian and I recorded this show. Unfortunately, Idaho lost that 63 to 58. Reminder, this was Martin's Magic Minutes were recorded before that game. So without further ado, producer seducer, Martin Heemstra. Hey, how are you all doing today? Um, I wish I was better. Um, I don't know how to exactly say what I'm going to say. I'm just kind of rambling at this point, just after what I've watched recently with this team. I just kind of got a lot on my mind and not a whole lot of coherent thoughts. So here it is, I guess, is the best way to put it. I The best way to say that I'm going right now is I'm and this is me speaking as a fan, I'm just frustrated. Frustrated with how things have been for the past five games, five-game losing streak with with more or less the score being like 20 almost. Every game, it seems like they want to give up. I would say give up's not the right word, but it's jumping a little ahead. It's like this team is... I don't want to say, like, I don't know what's happened with this team. It's rough watching them and watching. Like, and I'm this team's biggest supporter. So I'll always be there for, I'll always be there for them because they've gotten through, gotten me through some tough times when I was a student at U of I. And I'll always be there for them, I think is the best way to put it. And I don't, it's, I, it's, this is just a rough stretch and there's no, it is just a funk. It is, I wanted, I want to say worse than last year's funk where it was like, they went all of December, it seemed like without a win, but man, this is, it's, it's a doozy and I don't know how to describe it. It's like. This team doesn't want to rebound anymore. It seems like there's no physicality. There's no one that wants to go for the ball. Like they haven't 
again, I want to give credit to, I want to say it was Nick Weber. I can't remember. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting who it is. I'm pretty sure it was Nick. That said, there's no physicality with this team anymore with how things have been like since Natalie left, which really sucks because she was probably the most dominant player getting rebounds I've seen in a long time at Idaho. And it just sucks to see that they're, from a fan perspective, there's doesn't seem like there's a lot of fight in them when they get down by five. It's like they get down with five by ten and they just give up. And yeah, there were points where there was uh, where they came in and just uh, where there were players that made it a close game, 13 points, let's say, I don't know, in this most recent game against NAU. But it's like there's it's like there's no fight, there's no will or want to try and win these games when they get down big. There's no fight. It's like they get down and it's like, well, fuck it, we're going to lose. There's just no fight with this team, it seems like. Um, it's... As a fan who's watched this team for going on 10 years now, it's like it sucks to see them at such this low point, having been to the highest of highs with them. And this is a new territory for me that I'm experiencing as a fan. So the emotions are maybe a little raw, but it's like there's nobody's playing. They're not playing up to their expectations that I, that the media, the coaches have all had for this team. It's like Beyonce B was named the, I want to say, excuse me, first team all con preseason all conference and could have maybe had a good shot to get preseason MVP, but it's not playing like it anymore. It's like nobody's they're not playing as a team and it's just, it doesn't seem like they're playing for each other anymore. It's not like they're, it's, it just doesn't seem like there's that fire under the team anymore. I, I'm not wanting to go as far as to say to fire John Newley right now. I'm not saying to let him go. Because I still think he... I believe he should get at least a, get some time to maybe try and fix it. Fix it and get this team out of the funk. But I... It's... I know there's probably going to be some fans that don't really... That are going to want to be clamoring for that right now. And I think that's a little too far to go about right now, though. Um... I it's this has just been the been so rough as a fan to watch. It's I almost want to say it's kind of depressing right now to watch this team play. And there's been some days where I don't even watch I wouldn't say watch the games right word, but it's like